there were, we are told, uh, thousands at the hospital overcrowding protest in Limerick on Saturday last. Um, figures suggest there were up to 200 of the protests in Letterkenny University Hospital. Yet outside Sligo University Hospital on Saturday, a mere 30 people turned up, which included two councillors and one TD. Um, Sligo Councillor Thomas Walsh, Leitrim Councillor Brendan Barry and Deputy Marion Harkin. There were 14 such protests outside hospitals around the country on Saturday. So a small crowd turning up in Sligo, but not so the level of anger and frustration of those in attendance at the state of our hospital services. The average waiting time in this A&E, and it's not the worst in the country by far. It is, the, it is one of the worst in the the Celtia group, but it isn't one of the worst in the country. The wait here is seven and a half hours. So this wait of seven and a half hours is for you, for me, for your family, for your neighbours, indeed for anyone and everyone who's unfortunate enough to need emergency treatment in this local hospital. Is this acceptable? Do you think this is acceptable? Donica, you're from Bournecoul in County Leitrim. You've you've come all the way down to Sligo Hospital Uh, today. Yes, yes. Well, it's very important that we try and have throughput and not have people, especially my age, lying on trolleys for any end of time. Is it as bad now as you've experienced or seen throughout your life? It's worse and worse all the time. There's no improvement and we've got to get something done or the likes of me will have to die on trolleys. What needs to be done? I mean, what, what would your advice be to, be, be to the government or the Minister for Health? How, how do they resolve a crisis like this, Donica? Well, we know more beds are needed and more staff are needed. That's very simple. Yeah. What's, what's the flag you have beside you today? Oh, this is the one from Barnacoola. It's the colours of the team in Barnacoola. It's a long way from Sligo, as you know, down in South well, Leitrim, but it's just, just as big an issue down there, of course, isn't it? But this is where we have to come. This is our centre here. So it's very important that this is a good running hospital. Otherwise, uh, we won't be able... We're too far away, you know, from anywhere else. So this is the place to come. OK. So you'd like politicians to listen to what you're, what you're saying today? Oh, politicians should listen, or we'll... Tell them next time out. My own example, before the Christmas, I ended up spending a week here in Sligo Hospital with pneumonia. And uh, I suppose I was about 14 or 15 hours in A&E, which wasn't a very long time. But the issue for me, the main thing that stuck in my mind was the feeling of shame or embarrassment as elected representative when I was being wheeled up to the hallways with so many people lying on trolleys and elderly people with no... uh, no decency or, or banners or things around them. They were just for everyone to see as I was being wheeled up through the through the hallways and the corridors and, and they were all lined with trolleys and it was an embarrassment for me as elected representative to have to be wheeled through there. And this can't be allowed to continue any longer and there should be multiples and hundreds of people here today, in my opinion. I know there's great support from everyone there passing and there is huge support and everyone has their own things going on in their lives, but we cannot let this continue and we need to keep the pressure on. Local organiser of this particular um, protest in Sligo, outside Sligo Hospital, Kieran Tracy. Kieran, just remind us again of the reasons you're here today. 
Um, we're here really to demonstrate the frustration that people are feeling at the way the health service has gone. Uh, you interviewed me the other day and I told you about my, my mother-in-law who spent three hours in an ambulance just literally up there before she even got into any. It's, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a crisis here that needs to be sorted. And as, as an ordinary citizen, uh, I think it behoves everybody to get up and express their, their feelings about this because it's so easy that the, the silent majority too often are too silent and we need to speak up otherwise we won't be listened to and this is what I'm here for today. Different hospitals of course have different needs and different ideas of what should be done. From what you know here beside us at Sligo Hospital, what, what, what do the government need to do to change the overcrowding situation? Well, just take, just take for example here and I'm going to refer to it in my speech. There was On average in November there was 23 and a half patients on trolleys each day last week there was 24 and a half on trolleys over a five day period 122 now if you think about that what they need obviously is 24 25 more beds where they can send the patients when, when, they, when, when they're there so there's clearly an under resourcing in terms of beds now that's on the very simple level on, on, on the wider level we probably need a wider range of services you know we, this, is a, this is a grade 3 hospital and, and I have nothing but admiration but for example we're in a hospital group which is called Sailta and Sailta runs from Letterkenny down to Galway and the, and the class 4 hospital in that group is in Galway at the very southern end of its catchment so people from Inishowen have to go to Galway for certain things. There is a need, I think there's a need for upgrading Sligo. As, as a gateway city, as part of the National Development Plan, it should have a Class 4 hospital here. And this should be developed into a Class 4 hospital. OK, well, you, you know what the government have been saying in relation to this. They've been saying they've provided, uh, what, a thousand extra beds since the COVID crisis. Are, are you encouraged by what the government are saying in response to protests no, no, and demonstrations? Not, not like really, because we're actually 6,000 beds nationally under what we had in 2008. We have eight less A&E departments than we had in 2008. So in 15 years, they've, they've made up, what, one-sixth, what's that, 14% of the shortfall. And even at that, we're still 6,000, you know. It's, it, throwing money at it isn't the issue. They need to radically look at how they organise them the areas having having we should be bringing the services to the patients rather than the patients to the services as, as best we can i mean that's what they talk about sustainability it isn't sustainable to have somebody going from inishon to galway that is not sustainable so they have to look at their model again the geographic way they have set it up doesn't work and they need to start looking at at maybe smaller clusters with a, a, a center of excellence for each area in these smaller areas we asked you during the week in relation to the possible political motivation behind an event like this. Does that stack up as an argument or not? And the fact that well, it is loosely associated with the AIN2 part. Well, it's, it, 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 it's, it is. AIN2 are very involved in this, and I have to admit that. And myself, actually, I'm, I'm actually the last Cahirlach of AIN2, and I'm a local common member. And, but I, I never was involved in politics until four years ago when I joined A2. I'd never been involved with a political party or anything like that. But in this hospital campaign that we're talking about today, um, the hospital campaign, for example, in Nina, in Ennis, in Limerick, in Monaghan, and up in, up in the causeways in Northern Ireland, they are not, A2 is not involved in the organisation of that at all. So, 
So there, is, there are different groups, but what has happened is through Padraig Tobin, these hospital groups, hospital um, campaign people have come together to do this national day and to form this national hospital campaign. Is it going to make a difference, do you think? I think that if the politicians don't listen to the people, then the people will be only right to kick them out of office and put somebody else in who might have fresh and new ideas. Because we have had 15 years of governments that have not had a fresh or new idea. So we want... No, no, we actually demand proper and appropriate working conditions for our medical staff. Do you agree with that? Yes. This is not a crisis caused by seasonal or winter flu or COVID. And don't be fooled by the government spin on this. This crisis is caused by multiple governments, not just the current government, but multiple governments' failures to, to arise with where we have a situation where we have 6,000 fewer beds in our hospital system now than we had 15 year go, years ago in 2008. 